Hey guys, Tom from the pod here. Thank you for tuning in for another tremendous podcast. Quick plug up top, I'm currently gearing up for my debut Sydney Comedy Festival show. Uh, This is the culmination of about four years of work. If you do support the tremendous podcast and the work Elliot and I do, uh, it would mean the world if you could come out and support me at uh, that show. So it's Saturday, May 15th and Sunday, May 16th at the Factory Theatre. You can get tickets from the Sydney Comedy Festival website or you can check out any of my socials or the Tremendous Podcast socials and you'll be able to find a link. Um, Again, if you can come along, it would mean the world. I hope to see you there. Otherwise, enjoy the pod. Calamity, it's the tremendous podcast, the tremendous fellas, it's Elliot Rovetti and Tom Whitcomb brightening up your Thursday. Uh, Thomas Whitcomb, how are you baby boy? I'm good man, how are you? I'm feeling real good. What is this tune? Turn it up for me a little bit, just give it to me for a little bit. Uh, what? Huh. Woo! Who is that? This is my failed band called... <laughs> The Implications. No this is, way. This is as far as we got into recording. We didn't get vocals down. But no this is, Yeah, that's me on guitar. This is Tommy Talent? There you go. Woo! This was, this was the, the, title, the, the would-be title track of the EP called Up Down. Oh, my goodness. There Up Down? Go. And what's the fucking... What, what was the uh, name of the band? It's called The Implications. The Implications. Was, I can tell you again. We're going to be hearing this track again sometime in the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Tommy, I'm blown away. Did you get the uh, It's the Always Sunny reference in the title? No, I didn't but get it. Did you watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I didn't get it. Oh, I'll have to send you the clip. It's very good. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was myself uh, and my friend Jim McNally and a uh, bass player also named Tom. Brother Tremendous Jim McNally as well. Brother Tremendous Jim McNally on drums. Yeah. Goodness me. Uh, the implications, everybody. You can't find it. There's nowhere else to get it. <laughs> Just download the Tremendous <laughs> podcast and then ask Tom to play some um, instruments next time you see him. So I've got, a, uh, I've got a couple of stories to share about Jim today and I may or may not have to cut this one out, but I don't <laughs> think he's particularly precious about his reputation. In fact, I think this is the kind of reputation he likes. I remember he came over one day and uh, he used to he used to drive to my place because he was a drummer. He always had the most shit in his car. So we would drive to my place, pick me up, and we'd go to we would rehearse in Marrickville at a, a recording studio there. And he picked me up one day, and he wasn't driving. And I was like, "Oh, no car." He's like, "No, no, no, I, I I can't drive." I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Wait, when you say he picked you up, he was in the passenger seat. He was in a cab. What? What do you mean? No, no, he would pick me up in his car. But he rocked up one day. He came to my house, and there was no car. I got you. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And he, before <laughs> that's right, he was messaging me, being like, "I think I'm near your place. Where Where is it?" I'm like, "Oh, it's just." I gave him the address, and then 20 minutes later, he'd be like, "Yeah, I still I can't I can't find it." I'm like, "What is happening?" And he comes over. And he's still so spacey. And I'm like, what's what's going on? And he's like, I was at a party last night and I took some acid and I'm still tripping. And I'm like, how long ago did you take it? He's like, about 36 hours. And I was like, okay, whatever. Have you slept yet? <laughs> and he's like, and he's just like in and out of like just presence for a long time. And we get to this recording studio and Tom, the bass player, Lovely guy, but very, like, he was a lawyer. He was very straight-edged. And Jim is just still out of his mind. And he's trying to set up his drum kit. 
And it took him literally 45 minutes <laughs> for what usually takes 10 minutes. And he's sitting there, he's just like, I just, I can't, I don't, it's not going together. I don't know. And I'm standing there watching this and I'm like, oh my God, this is such a fucking waste of time. And we're in, we start jamming, we start rehearsing and he's just like all over the place. And he's like, we're just, we're just not gelling today. I don't know what it is. I'm like, all right, dude, give me a tab of whatever you had in 36 hours and I'll meet you here. It sounds like Jim and I would get along very well. Yeah, I think so. Actually, you, you and Jim, uh, yeah, a, a we'd lose each other. Pod. We'd get in a fight. We'd go back and we'd share the same bed. Kind <laughs> of <thing. laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of UFC on PlayStation. Yep. I think that's uh, that's that's Jim's vibe. He was actually the first guy that really got me into UFC. Actually, mm. funny enough, the more I hear about this guy, the more I like. Um, we got You should meet Jim. You'd like Jim. I'm not going to not meet Jim. I'm going to. I'm going to. We'll, we'll gravitate towards each other. The tremendous universe is going to pull us in. To the pr- proximity of each other. So we have one more story about Jim about Jim McNally. Is that? Uh, I'll save it for the second segment. It's more of a it's a, it's a prolonged story. Okay, okay, I'm down. I'm down. So Tommy, um, today I uh, today I might have to add somebody to the um, Bondi Cleaning and Revenge Co list. Yep. Um, there is a. You've already done the cleaning. Now it's time for the revenge. That's right. This is speaking of which, we have merch. We have Bondi Cleaning yes. and Revenge Co merch. We've already had some people reach out for t-shirts. I've had two people internationally ask me if we ship to the UK. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Goodness so me. We have to work out how to do that. Uh, we got at least fourteen. I think. Uh, I think it's coming up on fourteen people or something. Yeah, like right. that. Want a shirt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we need. We still need to put it in order to get them printed. So the more people that can reach out, the more we can get them all kind of sorted and 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 on the production line as soon as possible. It's cheaper for us. That's the <laughs> <laughs> um, So like, uh, so today, I, I mean, I had this client, it's for my for, for my personal business. And the first time she's, uh, she's, she's a bit of a ball buster. She like, I got the job, I got the job done just like I would every other house and everyone else is happy. But then she came back, she's like, well, what about this little section? I'm like, ma'am, you have a fucking five bedroom house. It was my first visit. I'll get on top of it. You know what, what I mean? What was the section? Uh, it was, I think it, it was, was the master bedroom. No, I think, <laughs> I think it was behind the TV. There was some like dusting that needed to be done. I was okay. like, look, I, I, I will get to that. The first visit, I'm figuring out the most efficient way to clean your place. And then every time after that, I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning the work. I'm basically adding to what I did last time, just mm. picking up where I left off. Um, so I was like, she's a bit of a ball bus or whatever. Did this job today. And literally everything she, everything that I did, she said, I didn't do. She was like, the mirrors weren't done. I was like, not only did you not ask me to do the mirrors, I did it out of the goodness of my heart and it's done. They're done. The goodness of my heart, like it's charity. Oh, like I I usually charge extra kind of thing. And because she kicked up a stink last time, I was like, let me take care of these for you. And so I just did them. And she's, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I fucking, this, I pride pride myself on my mirrors. (laughs) I'm a mirror guy. I've spent many an evening staring into the mirror. Oh my God. And then she really got me. She goes, well, I don't know what you did with the vacuum. You must've just waved around a vacuum in in different directions uh, because nothing thing was i was like dude this is and she goes i'm not going to pay you what what uh you quoted me i'm going to pay you what i think is fair what what's the medium like how was she communicating is this in person text yeah of course yeah i yeah no one talks like that in person she's a coward and she, <laughs> the thing is when i first met her she would not make eye contact and so i was like she either finds me attractive or she's gonna do she's she's a weirdo like and, and all, all it is is that she, she was being deceiving she's being deceptive and she knew or knew she was going to be deceptive so she couldn't make eye contact she was like i can't even look you in the eye I find uh, more and more now when I find people's behavior a little bit off, I'm like, it's probably because they find me attractive. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I am pretty talented. That's probably it. That is probably it. And especially when you're in, in a relationship, there's no means for you to test that hypothesis. Exactly. So well, you're just like, mm, she's keen on it. I think uh, I just spent years going, why are they weird around me? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. You like the way my face looks. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what else could it be? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then uh, basically I'm, I've had with this lady she's like I'm going to pay you what I think is fair and immediately the thoughts running through my mind I'm like I know that she likes to leave her back door open <laughs> I'm uh, I know that <laughs> I know that she- <laughs> and so uh, I guess there's nothing, nothing. I can't really tell you anything that's going to happen. Okay, here's my favorite revenge story. I don't even think it was a revenge. I think it was just a prank, but I've always loved it. I think this is brilliant. And I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any new ground here, but I think it's excellent. A friend of mine took his uh, took his mate's mobile number and he put it on Gumtree. And it was when One Direction were touring, when they were massive. Oh, no. And it was like, tickets to One Direction <laughs> next week in Sydney, going for cost price. Just want to go them to go to a good home. Brilliant. Call me immediately. <clears throat> brilliant. Like 60 missed calls that day. I think... I think I figured it out. I think I, I know what you I'm figured it out. I think you I know what I'm doing. Well, I just I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. Um, what can we do? What's I'm, the, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> What's what? What do you reckon? So is it? Do, I think the use of it because there's just no escaping it. Like you, you set your mobile phone out to the world. What are you going to do? You can't reclaim that. You can't pull that back. So how how are we going to get as many calls to this woman as possible? Um, what is the? Oh yeah, true. Um, without including a photo or something like that. Um, do you remember there was that story and they said this guy broke up with his girlfriend saying uh, by putting up posters all over the city and saying, uh, if you can call this with your best Chewbacca impersonation. Oh, yeah. And yeah, had all yeah. these people just yelling, yeah, and yeah, she yeah. was just like, he could have just told me he didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most immature way I've ever been broken up with. <laughs> I love how, yeah, I remember seeing those news reports and like the, the overtone of the report was like, what a poor woman, but the undertone was, how funny is this? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I find with the current affair a lot? They love chase, chasing guys that are like sort of scamming women out of um, relationship money. Like they're like, I love you. You know, can you get me birthday presents? And then they find out this guy has, you know, eight girlfriends doing the exact same thing. Mm. And then there's a story and they find this guy on the street with some shitty thongs and some Nordica shorts. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just a shitty boy. What is, is this a story? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, women do that all the time. <laughs> That's the MO, you know what I mean? If, if our current affairs started going after women, that had been ripping off men and taking their belongings. <laughs> <laughs> there would just be endless material. Yeah, they'd have to. It couldn't be half an hour. It'd have to be a lot longer. <laughs> These guys get trashed, and they're they're really confused. They're just like, "Fuck! I just thought I was a shitty boyfriend. I didn't know this was in, like a national story." <laughs> Am I a hero? I don't know. <laughs> For a lot of guys, they are. Like, there's all these divorced guys going, you're like, you fucking get them. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> have you uh, Have you heard all this stuff going? I wanted to ask you about this. You may or may not be aware of this story, but the, the Shooter Williamson stuff, are you across this? Um, I, do, I saw that he'd been dropped from his management. Yep. But I don't know what for. It said, uh, the, the, the article said outburst. So a couple of his exes, I believe, accused him on social media of some dodgy stuff. And a I couple. don't... I think there was. I think one started it, and then w- another one backed it up. Admittedly, I mean, like what? I won't say that actually. Wait a second. Turn the volume. Turn the microphone off. What were you going to say? Just oh, you guys missed a great point. Egregious. That he definitely could have said on the podcast. <laughs> He's worried about pissing off un- unrepresented Shooter Williamson right now. I just didn't want to inspire a bunch of women to be like, oh, you thought you were good? <laughs> um, yeah, he... Uh, so I And I think he then jumped straight onto Instagram Live like, and just... Uh, 
defended himself in a way that a lot of people thought oh. was questionable. And I didn't even really saw, see what he said, but he was like, I never, I don't know. I've read a few of the, um, I've read a few of the kind of transcribed versions because I imagine the videos just disappeared off the face of the earth now. Mm. But uh, one of the couple of things that he was saying was stuff like, yeah, he was like, yeah, of course, like I'm a charismatic guy who's got thousands of huge, of Instagram followers. Of course you were throwing yourselves at me or something. Like he, they were accusing him of a, what they call like predatory behavior, which I don't really know what that means. But, uh, so he didn't actually. There was no sort of like penetration. There was. I don't no think that's the thing. I don't think it was. I, it was about more about emotional manipulation than it was and about like abuse. Power, power dynamics. I think and so. so. Forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that I thought was really fucked up was like people were pulling up tweets that he made from like 2012, which were just terrible jokes. Mm. Where he's just trying to be a little bit too edgy, and it was and just didn't land and people going look at this piece of shit look at what he thought in 2012 unbelievable tom you and i are so fucked if like if you if they ever get if they get a hand on like our old joke books oh god you know yeah. what i mean like all the ideas that like why why are you talking about this <laughs> <laughs> you, you have those moments when you stare at a joke book and you're like you have a thought of a joke you're like i'm never gonna say this <laughs> On stage or to anyone else, but I feel like I should write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it would almost be less incriminating for your um, mental health if someone just found a book that just can, like over and over and said Tom is a sad boy kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, All work and no play yeah, yeah. makes Tom a dull. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like there was the, the people would be like, I, I can, I can uh, understand that. Yeah, yeah. He's just a shining <laughs> fan. <laughs> no, he's a mis misogynist. But I always think that with those joke books, I remember I used to have one at the office and it was just in a desk. And, you know, you want to be like, oh, man, if anyone looks through this, I'm so fired. But it's like people would get half a page through page one. I'm like, I'm not reading this shit. <laughs> 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 it's got, he's got two pages on Monopoly. What oh is this God. about? I've always, yeah, I, I was like, uh, I always thought that, um, oh, wait, you know what? I think I've got my weed guy calling me. Wait, one second. <laughs> Hold on one second. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm beautiful. I'll be right there. Thank you. Did you intend to put him on the podcast just then? No. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, oh, we'll be right back, apparently. We will. <laughs> this podcast is not brought to you by the amazing disgrace of a race cigarette case. Have you found that since taking up smoking, your competitive spirit has taken a back seat? Hey, we're at the amazing disgrace of a race case here. It's hard to be the king of the hill when you have to stop every 10 minutes to suck back a sweet cancerous one which is why we have the perfect competition for you. The amazing disgrace of a race cigarette case is a digital cigarette cover that tracks how many cigarettes you've smoked that day and puts them up on a global scoreboard. Compete with every other nation in the world to see who is truly the sickest. And are you having trouble getting up the stairs? Is your blood pressure going through the roof? Sounds like you're about to quit. Simply take a look down at the amazing disgrace of a race cigarette case, which doubles as a slideshow showing photos of the rich and famous who smoked all the way to the grave. River Phoenix, Amy Winehouse, Marlon Brando, Patrick Swayze. So that every time that quitter in you starts to rear its ugly head, you can blow smoke in its stupid face, look down and realize you're standing on the shoulders of coughing giants. The amazing disgrace of a Ray cigarette case. Yeah, I, I was going to quit, but then um, they told me that I was nationally ranked. I 
And we're back. Right back with Tommy Nambler. <laughs> I got a text from Elliot today calling me Tommy Nambler because you throw a lot of Tommy's some things at the back. and they've The people do. The people do, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Tommy Nambler, no more of that. Um, <laughs> for those unaware, Elliot, what does Nambler stand for? The North American Man Boy Love Association. <laughs> like, we, had this, we were just talking about this off pod. Like... The fact it's a thing is mind-blowing. I thought it was a joke, bro. I thought yeah. it was something a comedian wrote, and I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Have you seen the South Park episode with Nambler? It sounds very familiar. I think maybe I watched it before I even knew what Nambler was, and so maybe it went over my head a little bit. Yeah, okay. I, I, same thing, I just assumed it was a joke, but then the, the, their joke is that uh, there's a rival faction called Nambler, which is the National Association of Marlon Brando lookalikes. <laughs> 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 Um, what you were saying when you first learned about Nambler. Oh yeah, that's right. We're your initiation. About that. Yeah, so like I didn't really, my initiation with Nambler was um, in association <laughs> with, uh, what was in association with the breakdown of the movie Powder. The movie. What is the movie Powder? You have a knowledge of the most obscure movies. I was looking up that, um, yeah. what was the one that you always cringe when you brought up the, the, the uh, was it the Buddhist monk or the... Mm. Kundun. Yeah, which I found the other day is a Martin Scorsese movie. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even know it was. Yeah, yeah. it's a Martin Scorsese I just got movie. good parents. They were making me, they were directing me in front of the right R-rated stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, Kundun and now Powder. What is Powder? I think I've heard of Powder before. I don't really know anything about it. If, I can't really fucking remember it correctly. What it is is this kid who is born with no pigment in his skin. He's all white kind of thing, bald. He's almost like he's got alopecia, like he's like a... Uh, albino. Al albino, that's right. He's an albino. Um, and he is endowed with sort of like powers to heal people. Um, to like, he's got like tele, I think like telekinesis a little bit. He's, he's like a powerful kid, but the idea is that it was written. Um, it's almost like a Nambla, uh, manifesto script because it's this idea that the child in the relationship has all the power bet between them. And that's, that's usually a lot, like a, a lot of pedophiles like to go, you know, they came on to me or like, it's a, it's a mutual relation. The, the power is out of their hands. No, they're not the creep. They're the ones being preyed on. You know mm. what I mean? Well, it's the whole thing with Nambler, right? Is like a, a, a boy has a right if he loves a man to, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. How can you call this? Yeah, it's it's just like, uh, and so the whole movie is just sort of like this manifesto of uh, how it's okay for uh, a young boy, having a relationship with a young boy where uh, he's in control sort of mm. thing. And it's just this weird sort of fucking undertones and no one else got it. They just thought it was this, um, you know. Powerful kid. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta Google Nambler and end up on a list. But oh, just dude, yeah. see, like the fact it's a real thing is so baffling. Just type it, but you gotta type in Nambler. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, just keep up. Really? I feel CIA? Like, really? I feel like Nambler would be one of those things. Like you know when you're searching something in Google and Google's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Nambler would be much more persistent than Jehovah's Witnesses. Like because Jehovah's Witnesses have this sort of thing where if they knock on your door and you even so much as answer it with a politeness, like without slamming it in their face they're like he wants in <laughs> come back and come back in a month but if, if you type in nambler or ask for the newsletter you're, you're never you're never not getting uh, hit up <laughs> your email's always gonna be full of man boy love stuff <laughs> but nambler doesn't want to recruit more men they just want to recruit more boys um they've got enough men <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude oh tom should we find a spokesperson oh. for nambler <laughs> This is like... You think you didn't want to sell when, feet? When your starting place is foot fetish, it's only downhill, isn't it? <laughs> or uphill, depending on which way you're running. Um, yeah, no, so... Uh, Tambler. You know, shout out to Nambler. Tremendous <laughs> Australian Man Point Love Association. <laughs> That's the next t-shirt. They may Tambler. be the only ones that actually respond to our sponsorship requests. 
that's bound to secure us, Yulies. <laughs> yeah, we get a day's like, hey, Elliot, I see you don't want us to uh, sponsor your personal comedy, so how about for your podcast? <laughs> it would have to be like Scientology, where like, okay, if I'm going to be a part of you, this is going to rule my career, so you really need to pay me out. I'm going to I'm gonna need that Nambler money ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clipping that up. <laughs> so are some other people, Tom. Oh, so are some other people. <laughs> what Nambler money? Where's their profit-making exercise? Hey, man, those guys are... Um, efficient. That makes very tasteful <laughs> art. Good investors. <laughs> um, yeah, they. I've got all my money in pull-ups money. <laughs> I've invested in Nam coin. <laughs> plastic nipples. Um, what okay. are those plastic nipples? <laughs> I don't know. It's a pacifier. I meant. Sorry, I don't um, <laughs> you do this thing sometimes where you're already four steps ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom, I think I'm four steps ahead and that's how we end up eight behind. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So Tommy, we've got um we've got something. Okay, so I want to give a quick shout out to uh live at Sydney. It's a Sydney is, oh, right. is yeah, that yeah. Sydney from live or live from Sydney? Live from Sydney. Live from Sydney. Eric Patrick's game show. That's right. It's like a late night show for Australia run by an American. <laughs> um, uh, Eric Patrick, the best looking black man in the Australian uh, Sydney comedy scene. Um, but it, Tom is a writer on the show. We, we mentioned that earlier and, uh, Tom was actually, you had to do a little musical number. Uh, I was so night. furious when I found out I had to do this. There's, um, there's four writers. Okay. Uh, there's Steph Broadbridge who has uh, briefly been featured on this podcast previously Love and did podcast. not, did not take it well mm. and will never listen to it ever again. Now that she <laughs> knows she's been featured, um, super white, uh, myself, super white Eric, black guy, Alex Milinkovic, Serbian thinks he's black. Yeah. And so when we discussed this, uh, when we were discussing the different segments for the show, Eric and Alex both agreed that there should be at least uh, every episode of Live from Sydney should have some kind of rapping segment, <laughs> which I was furious about. <laughs> which I was, Steph was the most vocal person of like, we shouldn't do this. This is a bad idea. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to go against the boys, but I'm certainly not going to you know, get behind this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it pushed through without my consent. And uh, <laughs> it turned out the first rapping installation was the episode that I was on. Push through the bars. So the concept was that uh, each of us would rap a song about a news story and the audience had to guess what the the uh, the news story was about. And what are we, am I going to drop in the audio of me rapping here? Um, we can't play it off your phone. Then we're dropping it in. News. No one in RM Williams has ever rapped. This is the 90s rap this song? Yeah, this is definitely not what I was briefed on. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It could be whatever you want. <laughs> My name is Tom and I'm here to say <laughs> I'm news in a crazy way. I laid off staff and spent 20 grand on some jewelry that you can wear on your hand. It was indeed an epic fail from a chick whose job is to send the mail. The big man himself gave me the scrap, and that is the end of my white boy rap. <laughs> Whiteness, but the best rhythm. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Through the magic of podcasting and my editing skills, there's the, uh, I was, uh, I, I, I was fairly happy with that. Ultimately. Yeah, I was actually happy with that. I was very surprised. Um, you can hear me happy in the audience, uh, <laughs> laughing, um, about, uh, I, I was participating. I had, I, I broke out a lighter. 
I was um I was uh, waving it in the air kind of thing, <laughs> which is not what you do to rap music at uh, all. That's why so I never get invited back. Elton John ballads. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, I do it too early. It's like uh, this is the first track. <laughs> um, yeah, no, okay. So we got some Tommy rap. Uh, if you guys want to hear Tom do another rap, if you want to hear Tom rap about a specific topic, reach out, and we'll um we'll get Tommy. What's your rap name? Oh, I, my my, mate, my my DJ name was Tommy Dubs. Tommy Dubs. Yeah. What about Tommy Nams? I don't like Tommy Naps. <laughs> Tommy Naps for Nample. Um, okay, that sounds like it's time for an ad, which means that Elliot's going to have to... No, 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 no. We just had an ad because you wanted to go see your weed guy. It's seven minutes in. Okay, cool. Well, maybe I'm just... Uh, I've lost track of time a little bit. I looked down at my notes and I was like, okay, this seems where it's at. Uh, <laughs> that's not where it's at. Uh, you know what, Tom? I actually do have... Um, we're probably going to have to post-production. I've got some cuts, some clips for jokes that Elliot missed. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so jokes that Tom has made in the past on previous episodes... Um, I tend to sometimes think be th- again four steps ahead <laughs> and miss the funny back of step number one. I reckon it might have happened. You might have to review backwards and see what you think. But during the rubber nipples debacle, I think I made a pretty good joke there that went straight over your head. Really? I think so. I thought I said something. I'm gonna have to go back. I, well, I, 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 I always listen, and uh, I'm gonna go back and realize, Elliot, you are a demented idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've we've got some clips here for t- for you today. Um, I have these specific timestamps. Is it gonna work for you? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So am I, am I playing them now? That'd be cool. I mean, we could. Okay. If you wanted to hear them. Well, uh, I'll have to. All right. We'll have to find them. Okay. So so give them to me. And we might have to do some, uh, we'll have to do some editing. Some magic, magic, to... magic editing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So it, episode 23, mm-hmm. 36 minutes and 44 seconds. Okay. From the John McCain rally. Do you remember that from years ago? We talked to the empty chair. Yes. And he, he, he pretended that Obama was there. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was like, if uh, he was talking as if Obama was there, not answering him in a conversation <laughs> like a, a young child, and he was talking over him like, and another thing, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a hundred years old, so he set up a whole bunch of chairs and he put <laughs> Obama at the very back one. <laughs> There's a lesson I learned when I was the great joke there from Tom. <laughs> great joke there from Tom that completely went over my head. Tom, here is a second Too busy joke. Going towards your foghorn leghorn impression of Tom I was McCain. such an idiot. I was like, what does the southern accent sound like again? Again, episode 23, thir- uh, 37 minutes and 37 seconds. Wow, that's only like, yeah, that's a minute a minute later. That's how you know it's autistic. Yeah. <laughs> it's autistic. Yeah. Trying to get to a th- number and like skips at the last minute, like you. It's so. Oh, I hate that shit. Was it thirty-seven? Thirty-seven, thirty-seven. But maybe even go thirty-seven, thirty or something. And and you know, open feedback about what they think about the podcast. Um, it's always welcome. And you know, and this time we decided actually to 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 buck the trend and not ask a comedian, instead ask our friend Sam Menzies. And so, uh, cue laugh from Elliot. Didn't come. <laughs> That's a shame. Okay. <laughs> Even you saw it there. You're like, he's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not paying attention. Elliot's calculating backwards how many minutes it's been since his last bong at that stage. I'm trying to think. Time for an ad now? I think it's time for an ad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of my next four-point joke. (laughs) Uh, Uh, And I got one more quick one for you. One more quick one for you that I'm uh, disappointed and excited to tell you about. It's episode 25, uh, 34 and 45 seconds. And then threw her glass, walked away, and then threw 
a second a second glass, but there was a pint. Imagine your friend throws your drink onto <laughs> someone. I'd be so angry. Well, Don't drag me into this, this shit. This chin. chick, uh, let's, let's <laughs> you called the chick chin for the first bit, time. Uh, <laughs> you agreed and got angry like I did, but called her chin, and I was I missed it completely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's all I got for today for Elliot. <laughs> the jokes that Elliot missed. Uh, let's see if that's actually a segment. We'll have to listen back. <laughs> Tom, do we actually have one segment? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, because your friend has said this podcast should be called Is This a Segment? And then <laughs> the answer is no. The answer is always no. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that an ad? <laughs> This podcast is not brought to you by Liquor Lies Bar. Ever wanted one of those cool-looking personal liquor bars that you see in successful people's offices in the backgrounds of all the movies that we watch? Here's the secret they don't tell you about those little bars. Alcohol is expensive, which is why at Tremendous Liquor Lies Bar, we send you a plywood bar with all the liquor bottles that you could need for your personal liquor bar. Here's the catch. Only one of those bottles is alcoholic. The rest is food coloring and water. That is until you finish your weekly installments, and at the end of the month, we send you a new bottle of the finest liquor that Aldi can offer. So that one day, your liquor bar isn't just dripping in lies, but rather, liquor. The Tremendous Liquor Lies Bar. Hey, this is whiskey. Uh, I wanted a gin and tonic. And we're back. Yes, sir, Bob. <laughs> um, so uh, I kind of teased this before and I, I, uh, I even teased this in the last pod about uh, a story that I have about a uh, good friend of the pod and good friend of mine. One of my, one of my oldest friends, actually, Jim McNally and I, uh, we bonded. I remember his mum and my mum went to school together. And when I started school in Australia, because I didn't start uh, going to school here until I was like 12, like England, six. right? I was in England and I was in the Philippines, yeah. So cool. Yeah, and then um, he, he just kind of came up to me. He was in my class. He was like, oh, is your mum Vicky Hodson? Like, yeah, he's like, oh, okay. But our parents went to school together and we just bonded over a, a love of the Simpsons. Really? That was that whole thing. Was, yeah. How did he know? Like, he's, did, did his mum see your name in the class? And was Must like, have been, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, um, but actually it's funny. I bring up my, so and, and the initial way, and, and you can have a think about this, but like the way that I, I originally came into the story was like um, – times that your friends have like severed their relationship with your parents i got so excited upon like uh reviewing the last week's episode i was like oh, i can't wait to hear this <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh it was a 21st birthday party um jim and i were both attending at our mate's place um imogen bracken 21st uh, 21st 21st so what's that like almost 10 years ago now mm. and um we were at her 21st and <laughs> it was a uh it was a the the theme was what I want to be when I grow up, and uh, Jim went dressed as a Nepalese Sherpa, purely because he owned and fancied himself in a poncho. Like he had this like, I don't uh, know, like this is my wardrobe. <laughs> exactly, it was like he probably would have worn the poncho either way. He's like, this is to. a costume party, <laughs> and he of course he did found a stick on the way there that was as tall as he was, and that was his staff or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and he, party, he told himself that was the universe saying the, the uniform. The, the, the <laughs> costume was correct. He's like, well, well, this wouldn't have happened. I it's wouldn't have a found sign. a stick on the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, uh, and I remember this party. I remember this being particularly weird at the time that behind the bar, they just had crates 
filled with like bottles of red wine where people would just like grab a bottle and people were walking around the party with just a bottle of red wine to themselves. And then when the party ended, there were still booze so people were just helping themselves. So did everyone have red teeth at the party? <laughs> yeah, like red well, mouth? I, I think that, I, to be fair, it was like all the alcohol you could kind of help yourself. But I remember this specifically, like there were just bottles of red wine and people were just kind of helping themselves to it. And I say people, maybe it was just Jim. In hindsight. <laughs> it sounds like the beginning of my Gatorade, drinking too much Gatorade story, <laughs> where there was like free Gatorade. Oh, yeah. I'm about to, Jim's about to wet the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wish. That would be a better story. That would, that would My parents would still speak to Jim it's if like, it was Jim, just wet you, in the bed. Are you bleeding? <laughs> Like, no, I, d- I just drank a lot of red wine last night. <laughs> oh, no, it's my kidneys. It is my kidneys. I am pissing blood. <laughs> um, so Jim used to live uh, about a half-hour walk. From, uh, his house and my house, this is where we're both living our parents. His, his parents' place was about a half-hour walk from my parents, maybe a bit further. And uh, I think, the, I mean, this was pre-Uber days, and we're kind of, we're both like poor student territory. And Jim comes to me at the end of the party and says, hey, can I crash at your place tonight? I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Because my place was kind of walking distance from the party and then his place was another half hour away from that. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, come crash at mine. So we're walking back. And I remember Jim's got his, his Sherpa poncho and his big stick and his, his bottle of red wine. Stick. His bottle of red wine in his left hand. And, his and broke Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and we get, I remember we get to my house and Jim puts the bottle of red wine by, like an open bottle of red wine with no bot- no cap by the front door of our house and we go in and uh, we sit in the kitchen and I made us like uh, oven pies. Like oh. I had frozen pies. I made oven guy. pies and a <laughs> glass of water. Yeah, yeah, I am that guy. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Jim, go, go downstairs and uh, you can sleep on the couch. Uh, downstairs, and then I'll be upstairs. Jim, get out of here. <laughs> you get two stories away get from Get off me. my floor. <laughs> get off Tommy's lounge. <laughs> no, it was a, there was a big couch downstairs. Like It was a kind of rumpus room sort of thing. I was like, you go crash down there. I'll give you a blanket, whatever, and then uh, I'll go upstairs. So the next morning I had a uh, university, like a group meeting for my uni group. It was like a Sunday, I guess. And we were going to meet up and kind of get our shit together for this project. No, it's, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, I'm downstairs and it's like, I think I had to leave at eight or whatever. And it's seven. Or I had to leave at nine and it's eight. And I'm downstairs and I'm like, oh, I don't really have to wake Jim up because he doesn't have to do anything. I'll just get him up, get him in the car, drop him off. So I'll, I'll go downstairs like quarter to nine. And uh, I'm just, I'm in the kitchen, I'm getting breakfast and stuff, and I'm with my mum just chatting about the night before. And then the dog's there, and we had this uh, little spoodle thing uh, who looks a lot like my dog now, uh, but was a girl, not a boy, so you'd hate it even more. And what was her name? <laughs> it was Sugar. Okay. And uh, Sugar had this weird mark on her back, and it kind of looked like blood or something. And I was like, what is, is she rolled in something? And when my dad coming out as well, I was like, what is wrong with the dog? I'm like, it, is it a cut? And we're looking, and it's like, there's no cut here. And we're like, like touching it and smelling it. I was like, what is, I don't know what this is. We're looking at the yard, like, is there something happening in the yard? I don't know. Anyway, we just kind of ignored it. And I go downstairs. You ignored it? I'm just like, well, fuck. I, well, because I was going to go to this uni thing. I was like, he's probably rolled in something. It doesn't really smell too okay, bad. I'm sure okay. it's fine. Whatever. He's rolled in something, right? It's a fair answer. I go downstairs and uh, I, I walk into the room and Jim's laid out and he's kind of curled in sort of like a C shape. And right in the middle of him is the biggest pile of red wine meat pie vomit <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> And I'm like, and I just put my head on my hands, uh, my, my hands on my head. And I stand there and I'm like, oh, Jim. 
and he like comes to half still super hungover and he's like eyes half open i'm like jim you've thrown up everywhere and jim just goes no i haven't (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like if you open your eyes you will see the pile right in front of you and he's like oh fuck and it's like on the remote control oh and stuff. And then I noticed after that, down the hallway, there was a bathroom downstairs. I can see the imprint of like his shoulder up against the wall. As he's, so he's thrown up everywhere <laughs> on himself. He stumbled his way into the bathroom <laughs> no, and then gone back to sleep around the vomit. <laughs> and what had happened was obviously... He was spooning it he like was a- spooning my dog. Oh, there's just a sugar-sized imprint in the couch <laughs> where he's thrown up on my dog. Oh, my God. And I'm going, and I'm going like, in, in, first of all, I'm like, fuck, I've got to be at this assignment, and it smells so bad in here. we got and to mom's clean gonna, this mom's up. Gonna fuck it. And the second part is like, oh, and I'm sorry, Jim, if this is news to you, it shouldn't be. I'm like, oh, my parents don't like Jim already. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna this is not going to help. They're going to throw him out of their lives like they are this mattress. We're going to go put down Jim and the dog right <laughs> now. Your parents just pick the dog up by the foot and put it in the bin. <laughs> recycling? Is this recycling? Which this bin? Yellow the bin? The green or? bin, you idiot. <laughs> Organic matter. <Yeah. laughs> Wait, that reminded me actually of a fucking... Um, can I, do we have time for maybe one quick tale? I will. Look, let me just close the loop on this I'm story. sorry. The, I, I thought... I thought that it got as good as it could. That is as good as it got. But I, I will give Jim credit where credit is due. He did clean up the entire oh, thing. Good boy. I gave him the bucket and soap. He stood down there. He scrubbed all the things. He put it in. What wasn't enough to get the smell out. Oh, but he uh, all back he, the, all the love of Tom Wickham's parents. <laughs> never. That was dead to them from then on. But lordy, he put the effort in. But it was. Oh, I remember that remote having to smell do that hungover as well. Oh, dude, yeah. Jim. I, I, I honestly, if you made my house smell like the inside of you. Um, I would kick the shit out of you as well. <laughs> I'd be like, you can take a beating or I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> and take a beating. <laughs> Every time we meet. <laughs> and then the other thing is like, um, I, I, and I, I kind of admire this about him. Like if I were him and my parent, and you know, my friend's parents were upstairs after I just vomited over the family dog, I would have been like, I'm just going to slip out the back and walk home. Like, I don't <sighs> have this. But he went up, my mum dropped him home the next morning and he was like, yeah, Sorry about that. I fucked your mum. Like <laughs> nothing happened. Dude, that's fucking, yeah. I, I, would you have actually slipped out the back? I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. It would, I would have, I don't know if I would have slipped out the back, but I would have been like distraught with embarrassment. He handled it like nothing. Like not like nothing happened. He acknowledged it, but he was he like, he woke yeah. up and he goes, Again. <laughs> another one. It's like, oh, wait till you see what happened in your room. <laughs> this is another family I have to write off. <laughs> um, no, that reminded me actually uh, specifically because it was um, parents, throw up, and a friend <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> my mom had this, uh, it's become infamously known as the red bow tie night because my uh, mom, uh, she had myself, my brother, and all of our friends, pardon me, um, put on red bow ties and make out of a, she bought all, all the alcohol that you could want for every cocktail um, and gave us a cocktail book and said, you guys make all the drinks for the party. And uh, this is, this is what's going to, we kind of volunteered for it as well, but it was like her party, birthday party. And it was at this big house 
And we did a thing where like all the people, all of my friends, we were making a round for the party. But for every round we made for the party, we made for ourselves. Mm. We were like, daiquiris, let's do it. <laughs> we were how, like, how old are you? Not 18. <laughs> 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 and uh, I think uh, probably 17. 17. We're about 17 years mm. old. Um, which made my, uh, my friends were about the same age. My brother was there. He's a little bit younger and stuff. Um, but we're all, we're all kicking it. It was actually the first time I ever saw... I think it was the first time I was, it was the hardest I've ever laughed because um, my, my mum was friends with this comedian named Pe Peter Egner, who also won uh, Australia's Funniest Comedian um, at one point as well, I think in the early 2000s. Um, funniest motherfucker, Peter Egner, but they, they all hassled him more like, we've got a mic and we've got, a and we've got an amp here, would you do a set? And he was like, cool. And he did like 15 minutes. And me and my friends, had we'd never laughed harder in our lives. Wow. We're sitting on a lawn on the grass while he's also standing on the grass just on, in front of us. And we're looking up at him and there's a guest behind us. And we've never laughed harder in our lives. Like rolling on the ground, cannot believe what is coming out of his mouth. It mm. is so fucking funny. And um, he was dry and stuff like that. And we were just like... This is unbelievable. I is he still is he still around? Is he still He hasn't been around for a while, but um Seizure. I mentioned him to Seizure once and Seizure kinda shattered on him and I was like, sounds like your shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, but, but uh but Peter Agnew's the man. He's a he's a fucking and so we were there, we were listening to the thing, we're making shots uh and, and like rounds for ourselves, and um I I remember I go to bed. That's all I remember. I remember going to bed and then I wake up and my mum is in this panic. She's like, Elliot your friends have been throwing up all over the house. <laughs> and I have a friend, Seb, that we used to call Farlap because he was the size of a horse. <laughs> and uh, he, she goes, I can't make Seb go to bed. He won't lie down. And he keeps saying, I'm fine standing up and then throwing up on a new wall. <laughs> 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 and so Seb, I, I, I finally get them all into bed. And I'm like, this is insane. My mom's like, it's at a birthday party. She's drunk and she's like cleaning up all the throw up of my oh, friends. I'm like, no. I'm so sorry. And they all get into my room, like we're all sleeping kind of thing. And I wake up in the middle of the night, I don't know how many hours later, and in the black, in the darkness, I can hear Seb next to my bed throwing up. Oh. Throwing up next to my bed, going, Bruh. but he's got a bucket. He's throwing up into a bucket. And I go, Seb, it makes me want to hurl. It makes yeah, me, yeah. brings me, and I'm like, Seb, move, move. I got to throw up. And he goes, what? Turns around and I throw up all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> I throw up all over his face. And he goes, he goes, Elliot, no. Uh, and gets hit. <laughs> and I went right back to bed. <laughs> and we woke up in the morning and the house is clean. But it doesn't smell like it's clean. <laughs> there are like five different kind of guys insides all over oh bile. And my mom is like, Elliot, your friends are lovely. They're never coming back <laughs> until they're adults and they can hold their drink. But immediately, you know, as soon as you told me about our parents and stuff like that, I thought about that story last week when you told me about a mother hooking up with. Oh, yeah. That fucking f rocked me. <laughs> that did rock you. That I, really worried you. Oh, it was like, oh, my God. Mm. That's. Horrendous, but yeah, no, that's immediately what I thought of. Uh, sorry, I was, I should have, I should have done that. That, that would have been appropriate for a um, I bet you're not listening to this for oh, said Palmer, been, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I also it's also appropriate because uh, I know you're not listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good. What's happening to said Palmer these days? He's the man, he runs his own little business. Um, I play Call of Duty with him on a regular basis, he's one of my boys. I actually, um, oh, fuck, I shouldn't tell this story. Said Palmer, I bet you're not listening to this. Said Palmer, I bet you're not listening to this. Um, uh, I the, the way we became friends was in year seven camp. 
he is the size. He was the biggest kid in our in our school in our year and mm. um, in year seven kind of thing. He was the biggest kid. Fucking, he's like six six now or something, and he's like he's he's everyone in his tall, family's tall, but he's a big softy gentle kind of guy. Mm. He'll fuck you up. I've seen him fuck some people up when he's pushed kind of thing, but like he's just so soft kind of thing, like and has to be pushed so hard before he defends himself. And um, he was getting picked on in year seven camp. They were putting like toothpaste in his bed sheets and stuff like that, and just fucking with them. And I saw him like. He was crying outside of his room kind of thing. And uh, I just sat with him and was like, man, it's, you know, fuck him. It's going to be fine. And we've never not been friends since then. Kind oh, that's of thing. nice. Best friends since then. We played football together, got to play gridiron. We, we played gridiron together and everything. But uh, yeah, sorry, Seb. I love you so much. But um, I, bet, I know you're not listening to this. <laughs> you fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny isn't it, where it's just like, when there is guys like that, have you seen there's that uh, really, there was a video that went viral a couple of years ago of like a, quite a big kid, like a big young kid getting teased by this little scrawny fucking kid. The kid, the kind of kid that you wanted to do what this kid did to him. Yeah, where he picked him up and he dropped Slammed him on his Slammed him, head. fucking WW, and the kid's leg went like, oh, yeah. he went all fucking Chris Weidman on him and stuff <laughs> 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 and dangled and shit. Yeah, it's like if the story ended with a wheelchair, you'd understand. Yeah. You'd like, That's where that was going. But did you see, I remember one of my favorite things ever was the post reaction sort of thing. A current affair did a, a story on the on the kid that actually picked on him mm. and was like, Do you um you know, are you are you like are you sorry about what you did? And the guy went to go and say nah and then looked over the, the reporter's shoulder at his parents giving a signal <laughs> and was like <laughs> uh yeah, I feel bad about it. <laughs> it was the worst thing I've ever seen. You should look that up. Are you sorry? No. Mm. Why not? Oh yes. Some sideline coaching from an embarrassed father has Richard a little confused. Okay, so your dad's pretty keen for you to be sorry, but yeah. you're not really sorry at this stage. W why not? Because he started on me first. But some of those kids where it's just like, they, they're, they're asking for it. You put toothpaste in the biggest kid in your year's bed, you're just like... I, I, they've got a death wish. Oh you know my what I mean? god! They were fucking with this, putting water in his bed. Like, and this was on multiple nights, and he just broke. And he's like, "I oh, mm. fucking, why aren't these people treating me nice?" You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. just like when kids are like, "Why, my parents like me? Why don't you?" You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you haven't figured out that people are cunts. Oh know? man, I had a couple. I remember being on a school camp where I was the I was the villain for a little. It's not in the. Villain makes me sound like I was the bad guy. Like, as in, I was the punching bag for the group for whatever reason. And there's just one of those things where it's just like, what did I do to deserve this? And you want to go back and tell you, it's like, nothing. You did, yeah, but it's also like, the reason you whinging about it is like, find the next weakest <laughs> kid and make it about them. <laughs> you should pick on me more. I'm going to become like the next guy to make Microsoft or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it is weird kind of thing, especially with men like the pecking order, like literally the pecking order of like uh, there's this weird thing with it they they notice with chickens or or like uh, hens. Or, I mean, um, oh, that's where it comes roosters. from, right? pecking order. Like, yeah, yeah, so they peck. Like there's always one alpha and one beta, and there's ones that get pecked and ones that do not get pecked. That yeah. do the pecking, and uh, there's the same sort of thing with men where they like and 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 you can have a very comfortable social life and normal social life as long as you know where to be pecked. Mm. You're like, oh, I get pecked here. That's fine. Okay, I'm not going to peck you now. I'm going to bet you now. I'm going to yeah. peck you now. But if you, there's a lot of people that just become the pecked, mm. and like, there's uh, th it's it's a very natural thing that happens. I mean, you put any, you put a bunch of guys into a locker room or a football team, they will figure out which one's going to be pecked and which one is doing the pecking very oh, yeah. quickly amongst themselves without any words. Yeah, my mate Matt is like, he's a uh, he's quite a sensitive guy deep down, but he just had this amazing skill 
of just like he never got left with the hot potato. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he just always threw it to the next guy and something he's, like he's like covered in grease. I remember um I remember fucking uh I had my it was actually Otis Dingwall, Otis James Dingwall, the one that did the uh the DJing, the music for our podcast. Otis complains James. And he was sort of um in the nicest way, the guy that we all fucking picked on. Mm. He we, we all we got, he was very nice. He gave it back as well, but we all would like an Otis joke would always land. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. One time I was with two friends, um, Zach Ray, who, uh, shout out, passed away, my, my, one of my best friends ever, uh, Zach Ray, big love to you out there. Uh, let me, uh, i got to pour out a little, I've already poured out a beverage tonight, little beverage for Zach Ray, uh, poured out one, one drink for the homies on the carpet. <laughs> you do this a lot, I don't know why. Out of love for my homies. Um, so, and then uh, I was with Zach Ray and my boy Joey Donaghy, and we were at uh, Woolworths after school one day. And there was a giant can, uh, pile of cans, like they'd stacked up cans, almost like in a movie. And my friend bent down to go and get something on the bottom row, uh, Joey Donaghy, and I kicked him into the cans. And the cans just came crashing down on him. They all made the biggest noise. Everyone's looking at him. And he looked up at us and goes, fuck, I wish Otis was here. Because <laughs> he knew that he would be the pact. <laughs> he looked around and goes, fuck, I am at the bottom of the race. <laughs> So good. It was it was very obvious to me. I fucking fell I fell over in terms of um uh, physical comedy and anthropolo- anthropological comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Craig. All right, we're gonna wrap this thing up. I've, we uh, sure do. You, you got a joke? I got a joke. Have we got a Slater? Pocket. We're gonna do that next week. We're we're gonna do, we're gonna drop that into last week's one. Enough said. Okay. Um, I got a joke. If you don't have one. Oh, well, my joke was last week. Oh, you want me to do that one? Yeah, but you're no, no, you no, you gotta. You, well, after this, we'll re-record and you tell that joke again. And you're I'll, gonna hate this. What <laughs> you're doing it again? Is that what you mean? I guess. <laughs> no, no, but not now because I've I got one now. Do the one now, and you're not gonna laugh at the one I do. No, next. I will. I'm a good fake laugher. I do it all the time on this <laughs> podcast. That'll make me sick if you fake laugh. <laughs> no, no, no I and I don't fully I remember do it all the time on this podcast. <laughs> there you go. You remember? You're in for that one. You're paying attention. I'm paying attention. I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, no, I genuinely really enjoyed that joke, and I uh, I don't fully remember it, so I'm sure I'll laugh again. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So this is this is my joke of the week. So, um, uh, so a uh, the U.S. government have implemented a new scheme for the pension for their military services. Um, the way that it works is they uh, they say to the people in the military, when you retire, you need to choose two parts of your body and we will measure the distance between them. And for every inch they are apart, that's $10,000 that you'll receive. But you have to nominate which two parts of your body it is. And that's how we'll, that's how we'll calculate your pension. So the naval officer goes and he says, all right, I'm going to choose uh, the distance from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And so they, uh, they measure it up. 72 inches. All right, he gets $72,000. He's pretty happy. The uh, Air Force officer comes next. He goes, all right, I'm going to choose the distance between the tips of my middle fingers on either hands, on, on both my hands, stretched out to either side. And uh, they go, okay, very well. They measure it out. It's uh, 66 inches. He gets $66,000. The military guy comes up and he goes, I'm going to choose the distance between the tip of my penis and the base of my ball sack. And they go, <laughs> Are you sure? He goes, yeah, I'm sure. He goes, okay, great. Uh, and uh, he, he pulls his pants down. He doesn't have any balls. And they go, uh, where are your balls? And he goes, Baghdad. <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous. That's a good stuff. <laughs> Good. I'm Italian. That's a good stuff. I'm Italian. Okay, Borat. <laughs> That's a good stuff. <laughs>